Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. I mean, you have to embrace it. You have to believe it and see it. Uh, but you also have to be determined to do the things necessary to help you win the game. And that was our focus today. We have to be more disciplined in the areas that have been really good for us and, and not wane in that discipline. So, yeah, you have to embrace it for sure. Monty Williams, the head coach of the Suns, of practice yesterday, game three tomorrow night. Suns uh, in an 0-2 hole to start this series with uh, the next two games here in Phoenix. And we've heard Monty Williams talk about it. We've heard the players, Devin Booker, everybody else talk about embracing that challenge of being down 0-2. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that the players... Uh, the personnel in the locker room, they're doing just that. I'm wondering, though, Bick, how much the Suns fan base is embracing this being down 0-2. Yeah. It is territory. Embracing? Yeah, good word. Yeah, I, 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 it's territory this fan base has not been in. And yes, admittedly, I'm judging a lot of the reaction that I've gauged from mm-hmm. social media, which is a very negative place, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yep. But man, there's a lot of people that are already giving well, up on this team. Yeah, listen, it, yeah, we... Th- the question is now, are the people who are going to the game, does this does this vibe now surrounding the team, does it influence what the crowd feels like and what kind of energy they bring to the basketball team? I think it's a legitimate question, so much so that Monty Williams, after Game 2, basically appealed to Suns fans. Mm-hmm. We need you. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't say that if you know it's a given. You come out and say, oh, we know when we get home, the, the Nuggets have got something coming at them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a fair question. I think that, you know, we are a front-running sports town. We've proven that repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And we've also we've also got good reason to be that way. And this is a fan base that saw a, a basketball team just disintegrate before their very eyes last year. Uh-huh. And being down 2-0, I think some people probably are, are quite skeptical about whether or not this team has what it takes to win. Yeah, but you remember last May, Game 5, Suns blow out the Mavericks. That was the Luka special game when that went public. And there was a lot of yipping back and forth between the two teams. And Luka Doncic walked through the tunnel into the bowels of Footprint Center on his way back to the Mavericks locker room, and he Mm -hmm. said that quote. And he's like, everybody acts tough when they're up. That kind of applies to the fan base to me, too. And again, this is a, a team in the, this last three years of postseason basketball. The Suns have never been down 0-2 before. It's yeah. new territory. I get it. It looks bleak. All of those things. Chris Paul's not going to play. We know all of that. But also for the last three years, the Phoenix Suns uh, marketing people have used Rally the Valley. Mm. That is not a cry for when you're up. This is the definition of of a fan base coming together and rallying the valley. And I don't want to sound like too cheerleadery or Pollyanna when I say this, but you don't rally when you're ahead. You rally when you're behind. Mm-hmm. Nobody puts a rally cap on in a dugout when the team's up seven to two in the eighth inning. Yeah. Nobody does that. Yeah, no, you're right about that. So this is, uh, yeah, and I, I said this a couple of days ago. If you want this basketball team to be sturdy and resolute down 0-2, then that applies to you as a fan. Yes, that applies to you as a fan as well. And, and don't be so splatter pants about this. <laughs> I love that term. You know what I mean? I've never heard it before. Seriously, just it just it's the the and yeah, the reaction. I don't spend time on Twitter during games. Certainly not like you two guys do because of this very reason. It is just insanity. It's just it's anger unleashed. Unreasonable anger unleashed. 
But the point is, look, if you want this team to win a championship, you're basically saying we deserve this. We Then be part of it. Then deserve it as a fan. That's that. That's all. I'm. That's the only place I'm getting to. I mean, it, it for for as many basketball fans that have used an O2 deficit to rail about the trade for Kevin Durant. Real immature stuff to me, if you ask me. And real a, immature stuff. We'll get into this in a little bit too. But there's others that are already looking ahead to the post the, the, the off season. Mm-hmm. What is this roster going to look like next it's, year? Again, they haven't even played a home game in this series yet. If no. if they lose Friday night, yes, let's we. We can we can start to turn the page. We can start to contextualize the failure. I get all that, but the, it, nothing has happened again, as the old phrase goes, until the home team loses a playoff game. That hasn't happened here. No, and and it's uh, and it's up to the Suns to keep that going because again, there's such a slingshot effect um, of a team down 0-2 when you show the fortitude, when you show you are capable of playing with a a perilous depth. When you show you're capable of overcoming that, it's a great show of strength, even greater show of strength than jumping out ahead to nothing in this series. So the slingshot effect of winning these next two games would really lay a great pathway to win game five in Denver. Yeah. So that's just so that's what you do. And, and that's what you focus on. It's it's really inappropriate. Uh, Suns fans, the the splatter pants Suns fans, they're one game too early here. Yeah, one at, loss at, too early at here. At least, at least. And I am confident. Like again, this is based on a lot of social media activity and and behavior. I'm confident that the seventeen thousand and seventy one fans that are in that building tomorrow night, mm-hmm. they're going to have the right mindset. They're there for, for the right reasons because but, they, they're not the splatter pants. But, on but fans. what will they sound like after a bad first quarter? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here, let me go totally Pollyanna mm-hmm. here. Use this as a, as an experience I mean being up two O has not served the Suns well the last two postseasons. They lost to the Bucks, they were up two O. Yeah. They lost to the Mavericks, they yeah, were up two O. It's true. Reverse that. Yeah. Em- yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. That's what Devin Embrace yeah. this bleep. Yeah. Right. I didn't print up the T-shirt, yeah. by the way. Wasn't Joe Madden, Cubs manager, didn't he have T-shirts printed up that said embrace the suck? Yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so yeah. So, Chris Paul, very, very likely not to play. So, there's, there's actual... There's actual stuff the Suns have got to do. So you can't just lift uh, and place the effort from Game 2 into Game 3 because you don't have the same team. You're going to have a different dynamic. So th- this is, the, this is the, the element of newness in all of this. So, so it, there's going to be a skepticism of being down 0-2, but there's also going to be the curiosity of, okay, what are we going to do to make up for the loss of Chris Paul? Is it going to possibly help, or is this going to be the beginning of the end of the season and of him and all that kind of stuff? stuff so i yeah and and i i just i hope that the urgency is so palpable from the suns because it should be yeah and and just like you're talking about you know they're one game too early i think if they start off really hot the suns tonight let's say they come out tomorrow night jared oh boy well how long is this (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow night if if they have a really good first quarter that'll really get the crowd going and they'll sort of feel like all right we're in it we're back in it if they start off slow like they have in multiple games this playoffs 
I don't know what the crowd's going to do. Splatter pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we will we will find out. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers heading to State Farm Stadium with special guest The Strokes. That's coming up on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now. Just visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, Bick touched on it, but there are questions in the now about Chris Paul, injury-related and beyond. We'll get into some of those questions next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Come on, Beck, give it to me. Fire! Fire! It is time to announce our hottest ticket qualifier for Game 3 or Game 4 Suns tickets. Andrew Farrell from Scottsdale. You've got 10 minutes to give us a call at 602-260-9870 to qualify. If Andrew fails to do that, does not call within the 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines to somebody else to jump in that spot. If you're not registered yet, you can get registered by texting TICKET to 620-620. Once again, we're starting the clock right now on Andrew Farrell from Scottsdale. You've got 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Chris Paul is going to leave the floor right now. Looks like he's headed to the locker room. And we'll see if we can get an update on that. Into the game comes Cameron Payne. Paul just started cooking. He hit a couple shots in a row. 432 left to go in the third. Grateful he didn't tear it or something like that where he's, you know, done for the season. So you always have to look at the, the bright side of, you know, tough situations and tough breaks. And uh, we're just grateful that it wasn't worse than, than we thought. That was John Bloom on Monday night, followed by Monty Williams yesterday. Grateful the injury, not worse. We don't know the full extent of the injury. We know it's a groin injury. We know that the Suns are listing it as day-to-day. We know that Shams Tarania has said they don't expect him for games three, four, or five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, semantics. But Monty Williams, what he said there, I mean, if, if this goes poorly for the Suns, he could yeah. be out for the season. Shams is not the only one that had that information. Yeah. There's a couple guys, Dwayne Rankin got that information. Yeah. So so there's a source out there that is telling these guys that, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not right away. So that's just typical game-by-game game gamesmanship to try to keep the Nuggets sure. planning, keep them off guard. Just <laughs> such a joke. Which, if you know, internally, if you're the Suns, Prepare to try to get through this series without the services of Chris Paul. Yep, that is that has got to be yep. number one on your to do list. Well, and and again, uh, I would if I were the coach of this basketball team, I would be filling campaign up with confidence and swagger and just go do your thing, man. Go, you are going to get a huge chunk of minutes. You are not going to be pulled from this game. We we are going to live with your mistakes. Go do what you do. And hope for the best. Yeah. See if you get that game two that he threw on the Clippers a couple of years ago. It's there. He's and, and I've got a I've got a sneaking suspicion that this is actually going to help the Suns' offense. And 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 I really I hate to say that because again it it sounds like you're throwing shade at Chris Paul. But but I do think that uh, the Nuggets are very well equipped to handle the Suns at the pace in which they are playing. And I think that if they really want to open up the court a little bit, they got to move faster. 
they got to get out and go. Yep. Here was uh, Monty Williams on campaign. Same as always. I mean, we want Cam to, to be Cam. He's obviously playing with a different group. He understands that. It's not something I have to sit him down like he's 12 years old and tell him, you know, whatever. He understands. He has a reference point. If you look back at our second year against the Clippers and the Lakers, he played a much bigger role because Chris was out. So he can rely on that and the growth that he's made over the last two years. Yeah, campaign himself yesterday talked about this not being new to him. I mean, that definitely gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, but like I said earlier, man, I'm just geeked to be out there. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Uh, I think all the things I do um, is something that I can, I can help my team win just like back then, uh, my speed and all the things like that. So I just want to come just make sure I'm ready. That's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the Nuggets have seen a little bit of campaign in this, but it, it's kind of like an unknown factor. Yeah. There's like a new ingredient in into what the Suns are going to do with, with Cameron Payne actually being inserted into the lineup or getting increased minutes. We don't know if he'll actually start. Uh, that seems to be kind of the consensus, but um, it is a, it's a disruptor. There's no doubt about it, and it could go one of two ways. It could go horribly for the Suns, or you know, I, I'm tending to, to feel like you feel, think like you feel. Mm-hmm. The change could be a positive. Yeah, and, and and anything is anything is possible. It really is. I'm not sure which way this series is going to go because, as I said at the start of the show, one of the things that occurred to me in listening to Monty Williams very recently, Monty Williams is um, he talks about his program, he talks about his offense. Point five, move the ball, don't let it get sticky, find the open guy, drive, kick, action, all that stuff. I don't know if he's got the basketball team to fit this offense he's talking about. Because the idea of moving the basketball along and finding the open shooter is great if you've got four options or five options. But, you know, at the end of the game, in game two, the Suns had two. Two options of yeah. guys who can make but shots. But it also just it can't be just Devin Booker dribbling for 20 no, seconds. No, that's not the answer either. That's it, that's not the answer either, but I I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind one bit if Kevin Durant and Devin Booker each had more than 25 field goal attempts. I would mind that one bit because I think that probably still gives you your best chance of winning. I'd bet on that rather than hoping that hey, you know what? TJ Warren and Terrence Ross, baby. That's the secret. I said it yesterday. Even if those guys contribute, the mindset of, of, of the leaders of the Suns has to be whatever we get from anybody else's gravy. Mm-hmm. As we've done all the heavy lifting to this point, mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, 25 field goal attempts might be the baseline for yeah, those two maybe. guys. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So I, I, th- I think we know that KD is going to have to have a big game. Uh, there is lots and lots of pressure on him to produce given who he is, given how he performed in Game 2, um, and, and then the idea of who's playing point guard to start the game, because everything rotationally will kind of flow from that. The idea that T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross are going to see a significant, could see a significant spike in playing time, it, it sounds like, okay, that, that makes sense. You need some more shot makers on the floor. You certainly need people who are not going to turtle um, in big moments mm-hmm. and pass up open looks, but... Who are they playing for? What does this mean for the rotation? Who's sitting? Where are those minutes coming from? That's the thing. Is It's just as likely as nobody else. It's just going to go to a 12-man rotation instead of a yeah, nine-man and, rotation. Uh, right. and, like and they, is that, they've is done that, that in the, the past, too, where they've just added more people without taking away anybody. Yeah, right. We saw Monty Oof. Williams. I used the term auditioning players mm-hmm. in game two. And, you know, the fact that we know and Monty Williams kind of let the cat out of the bag that those are two guys that could see more minutes, he's still auditioning. 
He's still looking for some kind of spark yeah, off that bench. And that's really, really disconcerting to me. But then again, uh, these are very strange circumstances uh, he inherited. Um, the Nuggets had the Nuggets had the ability to spend a chunk of time near the end of the season kind of getting their bench figured out and, and trying guys and auditioning guys. That's ideally, clearly, when you want to do it. The Suns need to find a plan and stick with it. Yeah, you know, the Suns need to make Michael Malone switch up his rotation a little bit. Because you know, you. You, know which eight, you. you know which eight guys are playing for right. the Nuggets. That's the, right. the Suns have been reactionary this yeah. whole playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah, that's, it's been making a others refrain. react to them. It's been a common refrain with this head coach in postseason settings. Andrew Farrell called with six minutes to spare. Yeah. So he is now uh, qualified, goes into the drawing for game three and four tickets for Suns and Nuggets. Uh, you can do the same. Just text TICKET to 620-620. A reg- that'll get you registered. Then you listen for your name today during the noon hour and the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify like Andrew did for games three and four to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Once again, that's TICKET to 620-620. Coming up next, the big stories of the day. Sarah Cazell will present them to us and ask for a reaction in the Rush Hour Reboot. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, my friends. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Every single day at 7.30, we get you caught up on everything you need to know. It's your one-stop shop for Valley Sports and beyond. I am Sarah Cazell, managing that shop. Call me boss with Dan Bickley. Hey! <laughs> with Fitz Murata. You're going to have to do this by yourself because there is nobody on this team that's any good. There you go. <laughs> Much quoted. <laughs> and Jared Carlin. I'll be sure to Google cheers groins. I did not Google that. I would like to keep my job. Nobody wants Star Wars today. Man. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask. I, I, I feel like I've asked this before and I just don't remember. Are any of you guys Star Wars guys on this May the 4th? May the 4th be with you? No, but we were all very much dorks at Comic-Con a few years ago. We all got dressed up yes. as Star Wars Check characters. Bickley underscore yeah. Murata to yeah. see that picture. Is I, that I showed up from? wearing a Chewbacca costume. It was 118 degrees outside. Oh. Yeah. It was right around Vinny this time was, Vinny was year. more anxious and angry than I've ever seen him in his life. And Jarrett was dressed up as Princess Leia. <laughs> It was a wonderful day. Yeah, with like a five o'clock shadow. Uh, <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> like an 11 o'clock shadow. It, it, it was right around this time of year. Mm-hmm. It was like no. the beginning of May, wasn't it? I think it was later because it was so It was so. No, I was going to say, I think it was unseasonable. Well, it was 100 degrees last week. It was like 100 degrees. And also the way the Comic-Con was set up, you had to sort of park... I at least had in the park like county, yeah, like three blocks away, no. and then I had we had to walk in our our outfit. Oh, it was no. Okay, so it was Comic Con here, not yeah. the San Diego. No, it was, was Comic Con here. Oh, okay, okay. I what assumed it was a dork. What a sweaty dork. What a bunch of dorks. But you know what? We did meet, meet Ralph Macchio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that your day, your day turned fast. around fast. That yes, was seven years ago. Was it really? Yeah. Goodness. How goodness. can that be? the The break room says I've only been an employee for five years. <laughs> How can that be? 
And there's other people that haven't worked here for several years yeah. that are yeah. getting their How anniversary. Congratulations to Jordan. It says five years. Congratulations to Jordan Bird on your two-year anniversary of not working here. Anyway. Oh, Jordan Bird, we miss you. Oh, man. All right, let's get you guys caught up on what you actually need to know today. We're talking about the Suns, their playoff run. They've got game three tomorrow. Tomorrow, Jarrett. Not tonight. Tomorrow against the Nuggets here in the Valley. Uh, the Suns say that Chris Paul is day-to-day with his left groin strain that he suffered in game two on Monday, but the athletic Shams Charania says, do not hold your breath. The Suns are not expecting to have Chris Paul for game three, game four, uh, nor a possible game five. Now, unfortunately for the Suns and for every other team that Chris Paul has played with, these teams are used to not having him around for parts of their playoff run. He has dealt with a whole slew of injuries throughout his history. Devin Booker says, with that in mind, they're about as prepared as they can be to play without Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, it puts more on, you know, all of our plates. Um, But, you know, that's that's part of playoff basketball. It's part of the NBA is just, you know, control what you can control. You know, we all wish injuries weren't a part of it, but, you know, it is. And, you know, the teams that can't sustain that and adapt um, under those circumstances kind of tend to do better. Okay, campaign, are you planning to start? For sure. Uh, just being, being ready. Being ready, for show. he says. For show, being ready. He also says having filled in for Chris Paul in past playoff moments gives him the confidence he needs for another opportunity, potentially tomorrow night. I mean, that definitely gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, but like I said earlier, man, I'm just geeked to be out there. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Uh, I think all the things I do um, is something that I can, I can help my team win, just like back then. Uh, my speed and all the things like that. So I just want to come just make sure I'm ready. That's it. Back then. We've already referenced the back then. A couple really key moments during the 2021 Suns playoff run. Um, When we talk about him and what we hope he can flash when stepping in for Chris Paul, we go back to that uh, game two win in the Western Conference Finals over the Clippers. 29 points, nine assists starting in place of Chris Paul. And then that pivotal game one win in the Western Conference semis against the Lakers. He had 19 points and seven assists that night. Guys, what is the difference between that past version of campaign and the current version of campaign we are seeing coming off of that lower back issue? How can he bridge that gap? Oh, that's a good question. It is a good question. Um, I don't... I don't honestly know the answer to that question. Yeah, I, um, I, I think the biggest difference is what he's going to be asked to do in, in playing in this series, as opposed to what he was asked to do two years ago when he did have those glory moments. He, he's uh, not going to be asked to do as much. No, I, I, to me, I think that the difference for campaign, the greatest games I see campaign play seem to start with a successful three-point shot. When, when he makes, when he is making his shots. From the outside, because we all we all know he can drive on anybody. Right. But when he when he can make three point shots, I think then you're getting the 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 breadth of campaign, the full breadth of campaign, and that's that's clearly what the Suns are going to need if he's going to be playing twenty plus minutes. Yeah. Are you guys at all nervous about him taking the reins? I'm not. I, I I think that for whatever reasons, I think there's a lot of toughness in him. I think he really fashions himself as being the underdog. I've seen him do it before. I, I, in a weird way, I just I just I, I trust in his his demeanor in these moments. I, and I know he can go off the rails. I, I've seen it all. Yeah. But but I I actually feel comfortable with this. Yeah. The campaign experience is a full roller coaster. So. Oh yeah. And, 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 and I like and, roller coasters. The way that this season 
season is gone, he's about due for a high point on that roller coaster, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> no kidding. I'm relying a lot on the law of averages, I know. but Yeah. <laughs> he's due, for sure. Do you guys remember, I think it was in 2020 when... Uh, Globally, people were trying to figure out how to handle the pandemic, and there was that um, theme park in Japan, I think it was, that ha- that put up the signs that said, please scream inside your heart, so as not to, like, <laughs> That's right. red stuff, that. scream inside your that heart. during the pandemic, right? Yes, yeah, I right. do feel like scream inside your heart could be the campaign, like, memoir. I like, I like the, the I, name of his, his movie. I actually think Japan, until very recently, didn't lift a lot of those regulations. So they've been screaming inside their heart for a couple of years. I know at like sporting screen. events and, and shows and stuff, you weren't allowed to like yell and cheer until <laughs> wow. maybe a couple months ago. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, I, I just did a quick Google. It was from July of 2020. Please scream inside your heart. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, listen, and, and it still blows me away that in the midst of that pandemic, remember they started uh, allowing... A full crowds in basketball games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Playoffs started with we and the media were sitting crowds. there with masks on, and there were eighteen thousand people sitting shoulder to shoulder screaming. Yeah. It was absurd. Yeah. It was really ridiculous. All right, we got to stick with basketball, but we're we're moving to the virtual side of things uh, for for a moment. Kevin Durant is going to be in a video game. You know when like someone's really on fire and they're like, oh, it's like he's playing two K. Kevin Durant is actually going to be in video game. He'll be uh, a character or I don't I don't know the actual term for it in the Call of Duty world, a but playable character. He'll yeah. be a playable character in Call of Duty as part of a limited edition release. Devin Booker is maybe a little jealous about it. You got the tag in the gulag and you thought you would thought certified I did, yourself so. a bit. And no, then, once they did the Messi and Pogba, like I knew they could do it and it's, yeah, it's a dream. Man. Maybe you're next, maybe you put in yeah, the word. No, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous right now. Referring to Messi and Pogba, Leo Messi, Neymar, Marshawn Lynch, and Conor McGregor are some of the other athletes who have had this honor before. One that apparently Devin Booker wants, Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. If you two could jump into any video game or video game universe, ah. which one would you pick to be part of? Ooh. My favorite, my favorite video game probably of all time is NHL 94 for yeah. the, the Sega Genesis. And you couldn't create characters in that version of it. That would have been cool to be in that. Yeah. Uh, I have created myself many, many times in the show. So I had created <laughs> myself many, many times. <laughs> yes. How, how's Bick as a baseball player? Oh, I oh I put the ratings to the moon. You kidding me? <laughs> you make shows. Easy, easy, easy. Like a career I, minor six, five, I, 240. I perform like Barry Bonds on steroids. <laughs> wow. Oh, wait. No. Oh, wait. That's yeah. redundant, Bick. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that is tremendous. Yeah. Jarrett Carlin, are you a video? game guy? Not anymore. When I was younger, yes, but I haven't played a video game in a very, very long yeah. time other than on my phone. Uh, I thought you were going to say NBA Jam, Vinny. Do 360 He's dunks on fire. Or, one, fire! or Dan, you're into fire. that game too, yeah. yeah. Boom shakalaka! I like to be in Mortal Yo. Kombat. You want to be in Mortal Kombat? Finish him! <laughs> Carlin I want to be in Donkey Kong. I want to jump over barrels. <laughs> At least thought, one of us can say that he is in a video game, or his voice is. Uh, you'd want to oh. be Pac-Man, Jared, because all that thing does is eat. How do you feel about Dodge? That is an excellent point, though. But How do you feel about Ghost? How do you, Jared? Blinky, winky. Power pills. How do you feel about your wife being a clone of you, but with a pink bow on her head? Ha, 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 ha.
That's funny. Uh, That's really funny. Sarah actually made a great point. Vinny Wait, is in a video game. Vinny is in a video game already. We didn't even need this question. Vince is in NBA 2K. His voice is in it. He means a player. 22, 23, 24. Whoa. Look at this guy. The legacy. He's like, come correct, please. I haven't even played 23 yet. I haven't even tried it out. That's how much of a video gamer I am these days. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah Reboot every morning at uh, 7.30. Coming up next, our weekly visit with the president and CEO of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Derek Hall. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mr. Speaker, the president of the United States. I have the high privilege and the distinct honor to present to you the president. He's the president and CEO of your Arizona Diamondbacks. Hail to the chief. Derek Hall. The president. On now with Bickley and Murata. And Derek Hall joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line on this Thursday. Happy Star Wars to, uh, day to you, Derek Hall. And good morning. Uh, may the fourth be with you guys, too. Good morning, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Derek. Uh, I want to start here because uh, it was now a moment of relief, but I want to go back to Saturday night. Your initial reaction to Corbin Carroll crashing into the wall in Denver and then that feeling of relief yesterday when you see him come back and, and pinch hit. Uh, it had to be a great feeling uh, to see him come back. Uh, it, totally, and and what a surprise! He got a base hit right as a pinch hitter. Um, he, he, the kid is so talented, and and I got to tell you, you know, I, my heart skipped the beat. Um, obviously, everybody's did, but but I couldn't tell what had happened. I saw him crash into the wall, and I actually thought it, it almost looked like he was concussed because his, you know he lifted his head up and it went back, and it looked like he was just you know laying there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Then I was I felt happy that it was the knee, and then I thought, what am I happy about? You know, that could be <laughs> devastating, but. Um, knowing that it was a, a deep bruise and a contusion certainly helped, and, uh, and and he's and he's ready to go. But yes, getting him back in the game yesterday, seeing him at full speed, we're a totally different team. And Vince, to your point, you know when we're when we're facing a left-handed pitcher like Haney, we're a totally different team too. We had a right-handed heavy hitting lineup in there yesterday. It was a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. <laughs> no, it was oh, yeah. yeah, but but you know it was good to see. And then you know we're a different team without Carroll in there and and, and without McCarthy in there. So we got to get Jake back and get back. To that fun, energetic, fast style play. All right. Uh, it was a, a good, resilient showing by the offense yesterday. It was a very, very good win given the struggles of Brandon Fott. Um, how do you think about being at 17 and 14? I'm sure you would have probably taken that had that been offered to you before the season started. Yeah. I mean, you know, in honor of Sarah, I'm screaming in my heart at uh, that, that, that record. <laughs> it's a good one. But uh, I, I think looking at, at the team, looking at this last road trip, look, you know, the fact that we, we haven't played well against the Rockies, especially in Colorado. Go in there, take the first two games, lose that that third game, and then go to Texas and lose that first game. Like we've talked about, the resilience of the team, being able to bounce back and have you know little two two game skid, and and then you know really pack a punch yesterday uh, late in the game when I think teams in years past you know you blow a lead like that and you're you're down and out especially on the road against a good team Texas is a very good team and by the way they have a really good pitching staff and and our guys continue to bounce back so I I felt like uh, it was a good road trip I felt like it was a nice bounce back win and the fact that we did it offensively really says a lot And, and again you know, Dan, we talked about it last week. The, the fact that we have so much depth and that we're able to bring up guys like Fletcher who can contribute right away, Rivera who's been contributing right away, it, it's nice to see that we have so many weapons down there at AAA and AA. 
Derek Hall, President and CEO of the Diamondbacks, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. And 17 and 14, really, when you look at the starting rotation, Derek, uh, there's been two guys that have been cemented in, and Gallon and, and Merrill Kelly, and then the other three spots in that rotation have kind of been up for grabs and not a lot of consistency yeah. there. How confident are you that those spots will be cemented with some of these young pitchers moving forward? Well, I certainly hope so, Vinny, and, and you're exactly right. And I, I heard you guys talk about it earlier in the week, and you were dead on. I mean, we need better production out of the end of our rotation. And I know that they're young, but, you know, turn the corner. And, and, and these guys, a few of them have already pitched at the big leagues at the end of last year, so the comfort level is already there. They just have to make adjustments because the league is really good at making, making adjustments on them. And I'm sure they will, especially with the coaches that we have and with Stromy. Um, and, and I think, you know, looking at Fott yesterday, it's going to sound ridiculous because if you look at his his line, you think, "Whoa, he got clobbered." I, I actually think there were some really good signs. Um, you know, watching watching him in the first and second innings, and he really he kept it together. And and he's always going to give up hard contact, as crazy as that sounds, because he throws strikes. He pounds the strike zone, and you saw yesterday. And if he makes mistakes, he's going to pay for it because he's always around the strike zone, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, but to give up four home runs, and and I, I know again, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it looked like. He was just kind of cruising along and really didn't feel a lot of pressure, didn't have a lot of traffic on the base paths. And yet, you know, he did give up a lot of runs and uh, he didn't get he didn't get through five. But I think he's going to settle down. I think, um, you know, that's a first start. We didn't give him a soft landing spot either. It's not no. easy to have your first start, your debut be in Texas. Uh, against such a, a good team, but I think he, he handled it. And I also think these other guys will make adjustments too because now they know you know they're a part of this rotation. They're going to have to contribute. And like we said last week, it's also very contagious. The way that you know our, our one and two have been pitching this year, it should feed off, uh, or they should feed off that as well, the other three spots. All right, I'm kind of confused about this local television rights thing. Maybe you can help clear it up for me. So this Diamond Sports Group, they're not paying you, but they're suing nope. the Suns for going elsewhere. Help me make sense of what's going on here. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're all under contract with them, and, and and I don't know the particulars of their, their deal with the Suns. I know that they have a, a you know first right of refusal or a right uh-huh. to match, and I, I think that that's the, the dispute right now. Um, I certainly understand why teams like the Suns are, are, are looking elsewhere and, and did look elsewhere. It's a, it's a, it's a troubling time. It's a complex time, Dick. You know, being in bankruptcy court, uh, our hands are tied and, you know, there's hearings every other week or so. And, and we, you know, I log on and I listen for two or three hours. I understand like every fifth word. Um, and, and I, I really don't know what's happening. And then I wait for some sort of a summary afterwards. Say, was that good or was that bad? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's really a wait and see play right now. And, and, uh, it's, it's just crazy. But, but as I said before, the most important things for me, of course, you know, we want to get paid, right? Because it's such an important part of our revenue stream. I mean, it's over 20% of our revenues. And, and, and most importantly, we want every game on television uh-huh. for our fans, and especially with a team that seems to be turning the corner and is exciting to watch each and every game. Well, you know, in, in your position as, as an organization, you have to have a backup plan, too, and Diamond Sports is a very perilous future. That being said, without giving anything away, what was your reaction to what the Suns announced for their backup plan uh, to, to get oh, games I, back I, on I over the air television? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. You know, we always had uh, a really good partnership with with uh, the group that they chose, and we still do. And, and and I just think just just like us, the most important thing for the Suns is to have the most eyeballs on their product and on their games. And it sounds like they're putting themselves in a position to do just that. So at the end of the day, I want what's best for them. Um, you know, I'm excited for them. We 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 have 
several conversations with our counterparts over there. We're very close right now. As you know, our players are in support of one another. So it, it's a good time for both. And I, I just think uh, they got very creative. I know that they have been working on this for a long time, and I know there's not much they can say right now, uh, obviously, because it's a, a legal issue and a legal matter. But we're watching closely because um, I, 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 not just us. I think all teams are watching closely, especially those that are under contracts with Diamond right now. All right, finally, Christian Robinson has got his visa. It looks like you're about ready to hit reset on his career. Is this something to get excited about, or is this going to be a process that, that might take a while if it happens at all? I, I think both, Dick. Um, that, that's great. Yeah, Christian Robinson, of course, you know, uh, from the Bahamas, was a, a, a top prospect a few years back. He's just a really big, strong, good kid, uh, outfielder with a lot of power. He came into camp this year looking great, um, got back into the cage and looked like himself. So I, I hope he is uh, right back to where he was. It's going to take a little adjustment time, but I do think so. I think this is yet another prospect in the pipeline that fans can get excited about and watch the box scores each and every day to see how he's progressing. And he hasn't played in three years, and he's still only 22 years old, which is <laughs> yeah. mind-boggling right. to me, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, Alright guys, good, thank good. you Look forward to talking to you next week and, uh, Let's go Suns, let's thanks. get back in this thing Sounds good, Derek Hall, thanks uh, Derek Hall joins us every thanks, uh, Thursday President and CEO of the Diamondbacks He checked in on the Arizona Sports Line Coming up next, every day at 8 o'clock You get a little dose of Fire! There it is, the Bickley Blast is straight ahead Bickley and Murata Mornings Live from the Oxygen Community Studios Here in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader